Car Convos. I'm Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is literally my podcast, so who else is going to host it? Happy freaking Monday. I hope your week is off to a fabulous start. I hope you're thinking like, wow, this week is going to kick some ass. And also, I'm going to kick some ass this week. I hope that's kind of what your thought process is today. Maybe this will be the best week of your life. I don't think that's asking for too much from the universe personally. Um, I'm really excited for this week's episode. It is a travel horror stories episode. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted stories because I had so much fun reading through all of them, honestly. I've done a travel horror stories episode before, but I had gotten all of the stories from Reddit. So this was so much more fun to read the stories from you guys. But without further ado, let's jump into peak and valley of the week. My peak of the week actually is is currently is currently right now in this present moment. I'm sitting with my legs wrapped up in the coziest blanket in the world. I was just drinking a really really good coffee which actually ties into my valley of the week and I have a Christmas candle going next to me. It is just like peak coziness here. Um I have been really embracing the the coziness, except I will say that there's a few things that I kind of forgot about when it comes to the cozy season that I hate. And first up, in case you were wondering, I'm, I'm, I am going to walk you through all of them. First thing that I forgot about that I hate is waking up in the morning. I could stop there. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wake up in the morning and everything around me is freezing. Like the second I step out of bed, it is freezing. My whole house is freezing. It's freezing outside. It's just like everything is cold. And that makes me just want to lay in my bed because that is the only thing that is warm. And so it's extremely hard to pry myself from my bed when that is my only source of warmth. Like, why would I leave? Give me one good reason to leave. Like, it is so incredibly hard. Um, So that has been something that I haven't been enjoying. Another thing is every time I leave my house, I'm like so bundled up to clarify, I'm like kind of being dramatic, but not really, but like, cause it's obviously, it's not like freezing, freezing cold yet. It's like in the forties and I am wearing just like layers. Like I have either like a long sleeve or a sweatshirt on. And then I usually am wearing like a fleece jacket of some sort. And I have this one fleece jacket that I've been wearing a lot and it's like super, super thick, which is nice for when it's obviously really cold outside. And every time I am like outside and I go for a walk or like if I'm running errands or something, I am like so cold from being outside and then I get inside, but like my house is still cold and it's not because my, (laughs) you guys are like, um, have you ever turned on the heat? Like, yes, but it's like still just like, it takes me so long to like become warm again that then I end up like walking around my house and doing all these random things like in my jacket and that kind of like reduces my mobility because I like can't move as much because I'm wearing so many layers and like my jacket is so thick and so that's just like that's something that is really kind of annoying because then it's like I go to like make breakfast and it's it's hard to like crack eggs when you're wearing like 45 layers like it's just like really that does present kind of a challenge you know what I mean but other than that I am contrary to my my last statement I am embracing the coziness so that has been fun my valley of the week okay okay so I have been on a mission because as you guys know I am dairy free as much as I can be I am really trying to 
cut back on dairy because I think it hurts me. I think it hurts my stomach. And so I have, and it's honestly, it's not that hard. It really isn't that hard, but it's hard to find good substitutes for things sometimes. And so all summer, ever since I, I went dairy free in like May, all summer since May, the coffee creamer that I've been using is this one from Trader Joe's. That's like an oat milk creamer and it has, it's like a maple and brown sugar flavor. It's so good. And I would make my coffee every single morning. I use cold brew and then I would put that creamer in it like pretty much every single day since May. So as you can imagine, I got sick of it. I got really sick of it. And so I was like, okay, I need to try a new coffee creamer. And I found that with uh, non-dairy creamers, so like oat milk, almond milk, coconut milk, whatever the case may be, a lot of the times the like fun flavors that they have are not flavorful like at all. Like they just taste kind of, the flavor is like so faint. It's like watered down almost and that's annoying. And it's also annoying because it's like I have to try, I have to buy an entire thing of these creamers to decide whether or not I like it. But we are approaching the holidays and my favorite flavor of coffee creamer is peppermint mocha. I love peppermint mocha. And before I was dairy free, I would just buy like, I don't even know, I think it's like International Delight peppermint mocha. And I would literally drink that in my coffee from like November until February because they still kind of have it kicking around the grocery store after Christmas and it is just like my favorite creamer and it like makes my day waking up in the morning and having a peppermint mocha coffee like it's just it's amazing and there's nothing better than like knowing that you have a good coffee to look forward to in the morning you know what I mean so I went to the grocery store and I've been trying to find good non-dairy creamers and I found um, a Califia Farms one that is cookie butter flavored. Tried that. That was amazing. I really, really do like that. But I only got that one because they didn't have any dairy-free peppermint mocha creamers at the grocery store that I was at, which was really annoying, honestly, and kind of like anti-Christmas. But anyways, I have been trying to find (laughs) peppermint mocha creamers. Okay. I've said that enough, but I went to the grocery store literally this morning because I was out of the cookie butter creamer. I just finished it. So I was like, I'm going to go get more creamer. So I go to the store and I see the cookie butter one. I get that. And then I, I found this other little refrigerated section that was kind of hidden that had a couple of non-dairy brands in it. And I got two different non-dairy peppermint mocha creamers. It was like, oh, I forget what the one brand is. Oh, that's really annoying me. And then the other, the other brand was Chobani. One of the brands was like a Chobani one. And then the other was this like some nut, I don't know, some nut company, you you know, the ones. And so I got both of those. And this is the annoying thing is I like have to buy all of these because I don't know which ones taste good. And also it's one of those things that's like, I found this is so hard when looking for good dairy-free products is like, I can't trust anyone's opinion because everyone likes different things. You know what I mean? So it's like, just because I like, I, we all know I went through like a very trying saga with finding good dairy-free cheese. And that was so hard because brands that people told me that are so bad, I ended up loving. So it's like a weird thing where it's like, you can't just like Google, like what's the best dairy-free creamer? Because it's like, that doesn't matter. Cause the one that everyone could like, I could hate, you know what I mean? So that's, annoying. So I just kind of like have to try them all. It's just like trial and error, which is so frustrating. Anyways, I buy these two creamers 
actually if I'm speaking my truth I bought three creamers because I did buy the cookie butter one too because I was like this is a good backup I know I like this one so I get home I'm so excited because I'm like I'm gonna have a peppermint mocha coffee this morning this is amazing I pour myself a nice glass of cold brew with the Chobani peppermint mocha creamer okay awesome I taste it I'm like this is amazing this is so freaking good this tastes it tastes kind of like um like mint chip ice cream that's that's kind of the vibe it's giving it was so creamy it was so good and it was like really flavorful which is what I wanted I also have been thinking I'm like peppermint mocha is such a strong flavor like peppermint is so strong that I was feeling like it would be pretty easy for non-dairy creamers to be flavorful with peppermint mocha because it's like such a strong flavor in general anyways I am loving my coffee. I'm so obsessed with it. And I go to pour myself another glass because I was just drinking like a small glass of it. I look at it because I was like, oh, I wonder what kind of milk it is. Is it almond milk? Is it oat milk? Oh, it is. Oh, it's cow. Oh, this is cow milk. I don't know how I missed this. I think it's because the only Chobani creamers that I had seen were oat milk ones. I had always seen these like Chobani oat milk ones and maybe I'm being delusional. Maybe that doesn't even exist, but I fully believed that this was dairy free. And so I go to pour myself another glass and I'm like, Oh, interesting. What milk is this? The number one ingredient milk, the number two ingredient cream. Oh, so I am on the edge of my seat preparing for an excruciating stomach ache that is bound to transpire at any point in time now which is really really fun for me and now I'm also the worst part about this honestly is that I'm back to the drawing board because I thought I had cracked the code I thought I had found a beautiful dairy-free creamer that being said if you use dairy-free creamers and you found a good peppermint mocha one hit my line even though I just went on a tangent about how like it doesn't matter what you like essentially uh still feel free to hit my line because I honestly I don't even know a lot of good brands of like dairy-free milk slash creamer because the one that I've been using for months was just like the Trader Joe's brand so I haven't really ventured into the world of all of the other brands but I'm just looking for flavorful dairy-free creamer so so yeah hit me up but that was definitely my valley of the day honestly not even the week just just today and we'll see how I'm affected by this kind of moving forward. Um, anyways, past the Ox song of the week. I've honestly been listening listening to Noah Khan a lot recently because it just feels like this is his season. You know what I mean? We are in stick season, so this is just feeling like appropriate for me to be listening to him kind of nonstop, kind of repetitively, kind of one after one after another in a row consecutively. Uh, let me find. I'm trying to find if I have a specific song that I've been listening to because I've really just been kind of going through the whole album. Um, Homesick is always a good one. Uh, every, every Everything. Everywhere Everything is a good one. And then I like still haven't gotten over She Calls Me Back with Casey Musgraves. Also, Noah Khan, I'm recording this on Thursday, but tomorrow, Friday, he has Northern Attitude coming out with Hosier, which is so exciting because... I think that'll be so, so, so bomb. So looking forward to that as well. So you can kind of, by the time you're listening to this, you can also kind of assume that that is what I'm listening to. Also, I'm really sad because ever since I like implemented Traffic Report, I feel like there hasn't really been a good one recently. Uh, This is a 
a great reminder that you can, if you have a good idea for a traffic report, which is supposed to be like a pop culture kind of like current event, like some, some story that's kind of in the news. If you have something that you want me to talk about as the traffic report, just shoot me a DM on the podcast, Instagram at parkedcarconvos.pod. Also great reminder that you can be uh, this week's passenger of the week. If you send me a picture of the podcast playing on your car, on today, Monday, November, what day is it? Monday, November. It is, of course, Monday, November 13th, as I just said. Obviously, I know the date, of course. If you send me a picture on Monday of you listening to the podcast in your car, sorry, not of you. I don't want to see you. That's a joke. I'm kidding. Of course, I want to see you. I actually, oh, oh, that reminds me, I have a story to tell you. Okay, anyways, but if you send me a picture of the podcast playing on your car's radio screen, radio screen on Monday when you listen to this episode, you could potentially be the passenger of the week, which is so exciting. And I will post the picture to the podcast Instagram. Thank you so much to everyone who keeps submitting. I know it's like, I feel bad because so many people submit and I like choose one person every week and I'm like, but try, please, please keep doing it. Uh, because I want to keep doing this. So thank you so much to everyone who sends in your pictures, even if I don't use it. It like really does mean the world to me. And also, I haven't said this in a few weeks, but I'm going to. I would really appreciate if you could leave the podcast a rating or a review. Um, I wanted to do a quick little vibe check because this is, I have a goal. I have a goal in mind that I would love to try and achieve but I sing, I single-handedly cannot do this. I need your assistance. On Spotify right now, the podcast has 592 five-star reviews. Actually, probably not five-star reviews, but it rounds up to be a five-star review, which is beautiful. I would love to get to a thousand by the end of the year. I know it's doable because I see how many people listen to the podcast. Like, do you think I can't see that? I know you're there. Why haven't you given the podcast a, a nice little rating? I don't know. It's kind of beyond me. On Apple Podcasts, we have 210 ratings. Would love to round that one up to 500 by the end of the year. So we have less than two months. I think we can do it. All you have to do is go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, and just press five stars. It really, it's not, it's not a heavy lift on your part, okay? Means the world to me, though. And honestly, it just helps it helps the podcast to grow, which is only going to benefit you long term. So really, this is you're doing something for the good of yourself when you really think about it. And I can't cannot thank you enough. Um, anyways, I do have a funny story that a listener wrote in that I wanted to share with you guys. So someone DM'd me and he said, so just a little story for you. I was listening to today's episode this morning because quite literally, what else would I be doing on a Monday morning? So true. Um, I'm in vet school and I was on my way to school for a CPR simulation lab. So insane, by the way. So I'm with three other people and we are on camera for the class to observe. And we are supposed to save this robot dog while who goes into cardiopulmonary arrest. That's so brave of you to save the robot dog. So while we're doing compressions, trying to save this dog, my hand is accidentally brushing up on my Apple watch and resumes the pod. I'm not allowed to like stop compressions. So for the next two minutes, the pod is playing out loud from my phone and everyone is hearing your cooking tips and learning about anonymous potato. I just kept vibing because like kind of ideal for me that I get to keep listening to the podcast and we resuscitated the patient, not saying it was because of you, but it definitely is very, very possible. 
And maybe it was a distraction to the class, but also like you're welcome to them. I, that story made my entire day. So thank you so much to that listener for writing that in because I I read it to my mom and we were both dying. And then I was like, I absolutely have to share this on the podcast next week. Anyways, I think we are now at a good spot to start talking about some travel horror stories. I was trying to think if I have any travel horror stories and I have one. I have, yeah, I have one. I think for the most part, I've been very, very lucky. Every time I've traveled, it's been honestly pretty seamless. Knock on wood. I'm literally knocking on wood right now because that's scary. But also I may have told this story before, but oh well. There's a lot of new people here at this point. So it doesn't it doesn't hurt to repeat the story. So I used to work a job where I was working remotely and I went to a couple different Airbnbs that I would book for like a month at a time and just work remotely there. And I I did one in Vermont. I did that last fall, so like a year ago. And then I did one at the beginning of this year in Charleston. And then I went to the Outer Banks in North Carolina right after that. So, and also I lost my job (laughs) right before I went on that trip. So I was unemployed accidentally that entire time. But I honestly had had no bad experiences with Airbnbs or anything, which is amazing considering I was staying in these for like a month at a time. So that would have been actually a nightmare if something had gone wrong there. But in my Airbnb that I stayed at on the Outer Banks, it was the Outer Banks is like literally the smallest. It's a very small island. And I was there in April and that is like way before their busy season. They don't really get busy until like June. So, and I also was staying in the smallest town on the Outer Banks because there's a lot of parts of it that are like way more commercialized that have, you know, like chain restaurants and like a target and like normal things that you would that you see anywhere in the US but the town that I was staying in is the town that me and my family would always go to which is like super super small uh not really a whole lot going on like there's definitely restaurants and things like that but it was just like super super quiet plus this is a small town okay and I was staying in this neighborhood that had um it had these condos I was staying in a condo and there just like wasn't that many people around because like I said, it wasn't the busy season and not a lot of people live in this town specifically year round. So there's not a lot of like locals that are there all the time. And there's obviously not that many people vacationing there because it like wasn't really warm yet. And all there is to do there is the beach. So I had been there for a couple weeks. Actually, I'd been there for three weeks because I was I was starting my last full week there. And during those three weeks there, I'd actually had people staying with me for like almost a week and a half of it because my parents came and stayed with me for like five or six days and then my aunt and uncle came and stayed with me for like four-ish days so I had people there with me um for like a, a good chunk of the time that I was down there which was nice and and that was it was nice because there like wasn't really much to do during this time of year. So it was like nice to have other people there, but also because this was by far like the biggest Airbnb that I had stayed in by myself. Like this is, it was huge. And that's only because they don't really have, they didn't have like apartments that you could rent down in this area. Like it's super, it's so small that like the absolute smallest thing I could find was a literal two bedroom condo. Like 
just just for reference like there's no studio apartments like none of that exists in this area so I stayed in this condo where like you walk in on the ground floor there's like the laundry room you go up a flight of stairs there's like the two bedrooms and there's a bathroom you go up another set of stairs and there's the kitchen and like the living room and like a dining room area so there was essentially three floors to this place and that was like the only thing that kind of freaked me out about this place was because like in the past I had stayed in like a, you know, a smaller apartment or like in Charleston, I stayed in a studio. So it's, you feel like you can see everything. Everything's right there. It's not scary. There's like less to be scared by, but staying in essentially like a full size home by yourself is like kind of creepy. Um, but it honestly, it didn't really bother me (laughs) until I had had this neighbor at this condo complex who clearly lived there year round. And he, I would see him sometimes when, when it was nice out, which like was like a handful of times where it was actually warm enough that I could go down to the beach. I would see him sometimes when I was like leaving the beach, he would be down there like having a beer on like the stairs or something. And he had introduced himself to me pretty early on and just said like, hi, like, I think you're staying next to me or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, like nice to meet you. He was probably in his forties and he seemed nice enough. Like he was like, oh, if you ever like have any questions or like need anything, like let me know. Because like I said, he lived there year round. So I thought he was just being helpful and friendly. And I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Anyways, that was like the first week that I was there that he introduced himself to me. Then when my parents were there, I saw him again And he like saw us on the beach and he was like, oh, do you guys need an umbrella? And we were like, no, like we're all set. Um, He's like, yeah, I saw, I saw Maddie sitting down there and she was just like directly in the sun. Or he said something weird about like seeing me in the sun, which just felt like an unnecessary comment to make that kind of skeeved me out a little bit. But I'm like, at this point, like my parents were staying with me, like, it's fine. Like I'm fine. You know what I mean? Then it was the last full week that I was there, it was a Friday and I'm pretty sure I was leaving the next Friday to go home or maybe it was the next Saturday or something. So I had like, I had a week left in this place and I was at the condo and I was, it was pouring rain out that day and I was on FaceTime with my best friend when all of a sudden the doorbell rings, which is also just like, can we have a moment for just the doorbell ringing is like the spookiest sound you could ever experience if you were home alone and a doorbell rings like no count me out no thank you now the only reason that I ever even thought to go down to see who was at the door actually there's two reasons first off I was on the phone with my best friend and it was like broad daylight so I'm like I know if if anything horrible happens to me hopefully my best friend will be able to kind of sense that and or just witness it plainly and then would be able to contact the authorities and then also I had stayed the Airbnb I was staying at was like through a rental company that was like based in that town and so they had actually come by at one point because I I needed them to like switch something out and they came and brought me a replacement so they had been there and and had rang the doorbell when they got there and everything so I was kind of like maybe it's them I don't know why they would be here but like that was in the back of my mind because I'm like literally who else would it possibly be so I'm like, okay, I, I want to go see who it is. I'm also the type of person, like when I'm in a situation like that, I'm not the type of person to like back away and like hide. I need to know. Cause it's like, if I don't know, it'll kill me. So it's like, I need to go down and like see who's there. Cause if I didn't, 
it would like I would have come up with these insane scenarios in my head of like who was just ringing the doorbell so it's like I need to go down and see who it is I go down I open the door and it is my next door neighbor my 40 year old man next door neighbor and he's like hi Maddie um I it's it's raining out so I knew you couldn't go to the beach today I was just wondering if um you wanted to come over Mm -mm. Mm -mm. in no world is that something that I'm finding myself wanting to do right now and so I told him that I was working because it was like 11 o'clock or something it was like a a time that you would be working he was like oh oh I didn't realize that you were working while you were down here I was like yeah and he's like I just I because I noticed that you were alone which is fucking terrifying and what he meant by that was that in the weeks prior, my parents' car had been in the driveway along with my car, and then my aunt and uncle's car was in my driveway along with my car, and then for a couple days since they had left, there were no cars in the driveway besides my own, and so he kind of picked up on that, and that was what was really kind of the scariest part of it was that he was like calling out the fact that I'm alone. I was terrified, literally so scared. I went back inside. My friend was like, Who, what was that? And we were both just like so freaked out by it. I called my parents and I decided was trying to decide what to do because like I said, this Airbnb in and of itself was already kind of spooky because it was like so spread out and everything. So I hated that. And now that I had an actual reason to be afraid, I hated it even more, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to leave and go home early because it would have been like a week early and I'd obviously already paid for the Airbnb for that week. Um, plus I just like didn't, I wasn't mentally prepared to make the drive home from North Carolina to Massachusetts yet. Like I wasn't there yet. Uh, and I didn't want to leave either. I was like, I, I want to still be here. So I went and I stayed in a hotel that night, which was really fun for me. And in case you're wondering, like, what did getting a hotel room solve? Oh, nothing. I mean, it did because I knew that that night I like would not have been able to sleep well. So it like helped to be somewhere else for a night. But then it was like, okay, I have to go back because I still have to be here for another week. So that was kind of devastating. And also packing up my stuff to just to spend a night at the hotel room, um, and then like making a mad dash from the door to my car without this man seeing because I was so afraid that he was going to see that was really that was like peak fear for me and then I had to strategically try and avoid him for the remainder of my stay which was kind of difficult and really not fun uh just because I was like kind of constantly living in fear every time I stepped outside not and I to clarify I don't think he ever he was very nice and I'm sure he he wasn't trying to be weird but it's hard to imagine a world where a 40 year old man is like hey want to come over like that's I'm here traveling alone like do you how dumb do you think I am so that was fun that was my only real horror story and it's not even that horrifying compared to some of these uh but that's that's my story. Let's dive into your stories though. First up, we have took my husband to Greece for his birthday. Literally so kind of you. And found out he had been cheating on me while we were in Mykonos. Booked a crazy expensive same day ticket home to the US and cried on the plane the entire time. Okay. That that is actually so horrible. That is so horrible, but I'm most annoyed at the fact that like, did he then just like stay in Greece for the remainder of the trip? Cause that's, that's so incredibly annoying. Also, how did you find out that he was cheating on you on this specific trip? Like I'm 
no, I'm sure he wasn't cheating on you during this trip, but he had been cheating on you prior and you found out on this trip. I need to know how you found out. But also I hope that you're okay. That is, that is literally awful. And it's just like such a, it's such a beautiful kind of story of like, oh, you did this amazing thing for him. And then, oh, great. He's cheating on you. Awesome. No, awesome. God, I hate that for you. I'm so sorry. The next person says was a passenger on that Delta flight where the passenger had major diarrhea and had to emergency land and all of that. I, I never heard about this. Also, I'm really curious as to how major diarrhea, like how major the diarrhea had to be in order to have the plane emergency land. There had to be some like really absurd complications logistically that would because I would think that they would do literally anything that they can to prevent you from having to emergency land so it must have been really really bad and that's yeah that's a lot this person says I had a man die next to me during takeoff on a plane yep okay you win you win that is probably the worst travel horse that is horrible that is so traumatic how do you move forward? That is so scary. I'm so sorry. This is just like, so far, these are all just kind of like really sad. Maybe this one will be better. <laughs> and now I'm scared. Uh, I love you in the podcast so, so much. Thank you so much. Okay, we can move on. No, I'm kidding. I fall asleep to it basically every night to make sure I'm always getting in the good word. Anyway, here is my story. Thank you so much, by the way. Okay. My high school senior year spring break, I got sun poisoning so, so badly on my feet the day before we left. So basically I woke up hungover at the crack of dawn to travel home and my feet were the size of most men's egos these days. So huge. Great analogy. Thank you so much for painting that picture for us. They were so swollen and bright red. Oh my God. That is truly such a miserable existence. I'm so sorry. Needless to say, none of my shoes fit. So I had to travel home hungover with giant cankle feet and had to literally wear random <laughs> plastic bags I could find in the hotel as shoes through the Cancun airport. Then, of course, I board and am in the very last group with my bag feet and get the pleasure of sitting between two very large men who, not to be mean, but the Mexico heat was not helping them smell their best. That is horrible. No, that is actually awful. We take off and about an hour into the flight, my feet start tingling a lot. I looked down and they had somehow swelled twice the size. I then remember that flying causes further swelling. Yes, that's so true, unfortunately. So basically, I had balloon feet on a flight home between two stinky men after a week bender at the age of 18. And it was not a great experience. That is horrible. That is literally horrible. I don't think I've ever gotten a bad sunburn on my feet, but like I can't imagine that that's a pleasant place to get a sunburn. That sounds really, really painful actually because you have to wear shoes almost everywhere. So that would be really, oh, that's, there is not, there is nothing worse than a sunburn sometimes. You know what I mean? I don't want to say there's nothing because there obviously there's, there is worse things than a sunburn, but when you have a sunburn, it is like the most inconvenient thing ever because it looks bad, right? And then pretty much no matter where it is, it's going to be annoying. Like it's so painful to shower with a sunburn. A lot of the times wearing certain items of clothing is painful. Like putting on a sports bra when you have a bad sunburn on like your back or your chest or something, that is so incredibly painful. 
And then like the chafing, no, immediately no. Sunburns are actually so horrible. Okay, picture this. I'm running late for my flight home from school for Christmas break. Quickly getting through security, I'm hustling around a corner to get to my gate when I slip and fall into what I now know was vomit. I'm covered head to toe in someone else's puke. I just observed a moment of silence for you. I immediately start crying, dry heaving, etc. And a good Samaritan helped me to my feet. I found my way to the nearest bathroom where I stripped naked, changed my clothes, and quickly rinsed off in the airport bathroom sink. Thank God I had a change of clothes in my carry-on. That is actually so incredibly lucky. That is so lucky of you. This is everyone's reminder to pack a change of clothes in your carry-on just in case you slip and fall on someone else's vomit. That is so important. This is a lesson that we can actually take with us. It's a very tangible lesson that we can all kind of carry with us going forward. So thank you so much for suffering so that we can all be prepared in the future. Needless to say that my vomit covered clothes and shoes were thrown away. Made my flight made my flight though. So I guess it wasn't all for nothing. Everyone's traumatized by Boston's Logan airport at some point or another in their lives. So incredibly true. So incredibly true. Also, I will say that I know how you feel to some extent. When I was in second grade on the first day of school, we were in the cafeteria for some reason. We were all like lining up by our classroom and I was standing in line and I was one of like the first kids in line. I don't know why I remember that so vividly, but I, well, I, this was a traumatic moment for me and I had my brand new backpack on that I was so excited about. So excited about it. And the girl behind me just vomited all over me all over my backpack and I had to throw my backpack away actually they sent it home with me in a gigantic trash bag because like the school didn't want to you know be responsible for throwing my backpack away so they just like sent it home with me which is actually kind of more disturbing when you think about it you sent home my pukey backpack in a garbage bag I had to take it on the bus and for some reason it was more embarrassing for me than it was for the girl who threw up do you know what I mean because it's like okay now I have a puke bag like that's what am I supposed to do with this how, do, how am I supposed to move forward? That was really sad. And then I had to go out and buy a backpack. And I was so sad because I loved that backpack. Oh, that was a sad day. So I, I, get, I get how you feel to some extent. This wasn't me, but my brother-in-law. He sat next to a lady that brought two huge huskies on a plane and let them eat and drink water out of her mouth. No. No. Although I don't view this as a horror story. I think that's this is great. You got in-flight entertainment and I think that that's beautiful and that should be celebrated honestly. I would I would love to sit next to something that would that would grant me with such a beautiful story to tell going forward. And also it didn't really affect you in any way shape or form or or your brother-in-law. So that's nice. This is actually that's a perfect travel story. All right. This person said, Hey Maddie, my name is Daniel. Big fan. Love your IG and the podcast, of course. Thank you so much, Daniel. I think you are so pretty and you're hilarious. <laughs> Keep talking, Daniel, honestly. Okay, just want to love bomb you real quick before my story. Yeah, no, that means the world to me. I totally get it. Uh, okay, so I was once in Colorado with some friends for a week, camping in Estes Park, Estes Park, I don't know. Um, had been hiking all week. We were driving home and the van broke down about three or four hours into the drive. It's nighttime and raining. We were all living in Dallas at the time, so we still had eight to 10 hours left to drive. That is horrible. 
totally stranded. We flagged down help after not being able to fix the van. It's a guy and his girlfriend in a super big truck. He says that he's a mechanic and will take a look at our van. After a while, he says that the gaskets are blown and it's just totally unfixable since we're too far away from a shop and it's unable to drive. So we get our belongings from the car and put them in the bed of his truck. He offers to drive us to the nearest hotel. Worst ride ever going 80 miles per hour in the back of a truck during cold rainy weather. Oof. Wait, were you also in the bed of the truck? That is, that's horrible and so scary. Um, we get to the best Western and he's like, want me to wait? And we already felt so much gratitude that we were like, no man, it's all good. Thank you for waiting. He leaves. Hotel tells us there's no rooms available. We call all hotels within the area and the only motel with a room is seven miles away. So we have to walk seven miles at night on the side of the highways after hiking all week. That is brutal. We even passed through a town that was so creepy. All of the houses were totally barred up and covered with plywood. The cars were were full of random junk, like people were kind of living out of them. But the craziest thing is that we heard a faint singing being echoed throughout the town, and it got louder and louder as we got closer. Turns out it's an old-timey radio blasting out of these massive speakers at an abandoned gas station. I swear it was a literal ghost town. Haunted AF. Then we hear noises behind us and there's a pack of wild dogs following us. Is this a real story? This is insane. It just keeps getting worse. We picked up the pace and eventually lost the dogs. Why are you so nonchalant about it? A pack of wild dogs? I've. That is horrifying. Um, anyways, we eventually get to the motel and the next day I buy a $60 cab ride there quote-unquote cab service was just some guy named Dan that we found in a, in a local phone book beautiful and he takes me to a car rental place in the nearest city he can only take two of us our group was six and I'm one of the people that he takes the other person he takes is my friend Jordan who can't even rent a car because he's an unorganized stoner who doesn't have a proper ID or credit card lol and when we get to Hertz I try to get a rental car and I get denied because my credit was really bad back then 700 plus now the glow up is real thank you beautiful love to hear that anyways then our other four friends eventually come and save the day because they hitched a ride to the Hertz by offering some of their weed to some people passing by who were already heading in that direction we eventually got a rental car and got home insane life experience that is so insane and that's one of those things where you're like that is so scary and like you're you're kind of very lucky to have like made it out alive do you know what I mean like that is a that is crazy wow thank you so much for sharing that Daniel that that was a really good story uh okay not my story but my friends staying at a hostel and went out with other people there and doesn't remember anything after a certain point clearly drugged and then woke up in a hospital with some of her organs harvested uh what what do you mean i need to know more how did that happen what happened after that hum is anyone else so scared? <laughs> what? That is so terrifying. Oh my God. I hope your friend is okay. That is so, so, so scary. I'm scared of everything now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so scared. God, that is horrible. And you said it so casually and provided no other details. Oh my God. That is really scary. 
anyways, I guess moving on from that somehow, my husband and I were on a flight home. A little boy and his parents were sitting in front of us. We had 20 minutes left of the flight when the little boy was asking his parents for something, but they were just both sitting there with headphones on, not paying attention to him. A few minutes later, I felt something warm dripping on my foot. No. 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 The little boy peed in his seat and it got all over my foot. I called the flight attendant and she brought me paper towels. After we landed, I walked through the airport all the way to baggage claim wearing one shoe and carrying the pee shoe in a plastic bag. No. Nope. 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 I will say though, thank God you only had 20 minutes left for that flight because that would have, that would have smelled actually so horrible if you had to sit in that for, for longer. That Ew, that is so nasty. That is so nasty. And did like the parents apologize to you at all? I would have I would have caused a scene fully. I fully would have caused a scene cuz why are you not paying attention to your child that is peeing his pants on a plane, you freaks. Ew, god, this this is I hate this. I never want to travel ever again in my life. Okay. When I was 16, my family went on a camping trip and my brother and I were allowed to invite one friend with us. My best friend came with us and because of this, we had to take two cars. I went with my dad and my brother and his friends went with my mom. When we got there, it was really tense between my parents. So us kids go for a walk to this random playground. I jump off this flying fox swing. I have no idea what that is, but okay, slay, and tear the ligaments in my ankle. Awesome. So that was the first horrible experience of this trip. Oh God, it gets worse. Okay. Obviously I'm in a lot of pain. So I hobble back to our camp. When my friend and I get there, my parents are in a screaming match. Turns out that my dad discovered the little holiday house at the camp we were staying in belonged to the guy my mom had been having an affair with from work. (gasps) No. Needless to say, I was super embarrassed that my friends saw and heard all of this go down. It was also the first I had heard of the affair, so that was truly traumatic. My parents divorced a month later. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is horrible. You guys have experienced some really, really horrible things. So bold of her to have a family vacation at the at the home of the man that she's having an affair with. That is like so incredibly bold. Wow, I don't, I, this is like sad because you guys are saying such horrible things and I like don't, there's nothing I can say that will make it better. You know what I mean? Um, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that so much with us. I really do appreciate it. This person said Spirit Airlines, need I say more? In case you're not from, I don't know if Spirit Airlines is just US, but I, in case you don't know what Spirit Airlines is, it's like notoriously the cheapest and shittiest airline in the u.s a drunk man behind me started verbally berating his wife while we were on the tarmac waiting awaiting takeoff telling her to quote unquote wait until we get home you'll be sorry uh yeah so that's not okay in any capacity very nice young man in parentheses cop in training next to me intervened when the drunk man called his 
wife a fucking bitch. A verbal spat ensued, followed by our plane being taken back to the gate, airport security and gate agents on and off the plane, drunk man trying to apologize his way out of the situation, wife excusing his behavior, obviously it wasn't the first time this had happened, and finally taking off three hours later with drunk husband and wife physically separated. Needless to say, I'm never flying spirit again. Oh my god. It must have been really bad, the fact that it escalated to you needing to be taken back to the gate. Wow. So many crazy things happen on planes. Like, it's actually, it's so insane. I also think being on a plane or a train or just, like, traveling in general and just seeing how other people live is so jarring, you know, because because it's really jarring to realize that, like, you are you are normal and you are sane and that and realizing that most people are are not for some reason is kind of that's kind of that is jarring also i can't think of anything scarier than like a belligerent drunk angry man being next to you on a flight like that is just a recipe for disaster that's so scary all right this person says i was at a motel somewhere in new york city question mark i want to say a few years ago i'm with my sister and we walk into this hotel we apparently booked and it's full of red flags wait so is it a motel or a hotel not that it matters i guess uh there are nude sushi ads everywhere what does that even mean walk me through what a nude sushi ad i mean i guess it's exactly what it sounds like but that's confusing for so many reasons there's a casino not sure if that's legal in the basement why were you ever in the basement of this hotel or motel? There are bodyguards. Okay. Was this a dream? This had to be a dream, right? We're like, okay, this might be bad, but it can't be that bad. We get our keys and we go through the janky ass elevator that kept rumbling every second. You couldn't pay me. You couldn't pay me to go in a janky ass elevator. Nope. Hard no for me. The room is to say it politely, not great. The walls are yellow, like were they painted yellow or do we think it was some sort of like external factor that was causing them to be yellow? I'm going to assume it's the latter. Unfortunately, the lights are flickering. The air conditioner is literally fluffy with dust. Beautiful, beautiful. Then boom, I turn on the water faucet in the bathroom and there are literal clumps. There are clumps of dead bugs that come out of it. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. let me just say you don't want clumps of anything to be coming out of your faucet but clumps of dead bugs that is absolutely a hard no the water is gray and yellow like simultaneously was it like a swirl what does that even mean gray and yellow okay then i flip the pillow and there it is clumps of hair were both brunettes and the hair was dirty blonde as if I was going to accuse you of of having your clumps of hair already be on this pillow. No, of course it's not your hair. That's disgusting. And definitely blood. Nope. Hardened, but not dark enough to say it's been more than a day since it's been on this pillow and the bed sheets. I cautiously flip over the other pillow, more clumps of hair. Oh, awesome. At this point, I'm on the verge of having a meltdown because I haven't slept well or showered well in 30 hours due to flight routes. We had we had to ask for a room change three times, all with pictures with blood, by the way, for them to say, we'll think about it. We did get a room change after a couple hours of threatening to cancel. You sh- Okay. I don't know what else is going on here, but 
with peace and love, you shouldn't have just been threatening to cancel. You should have been genuinely fleeing the scene. This is horrifying. Like, genuinely so incredibly horrifying. Like, for sure a murder happened here. This is not a safe space. Um, And we were glad that the new room was significantly better. Cleaner water and no hair or blood. Huge improvement, actually. In your review, did you say, oh, we finally got upgraded to a room with cleaner water that had no hair or blood? Like, oh my God. And after that, I'm super suspicious of places that I stay at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so horrible. That is horrifying. I'm also curious as to like how you even found this hotel or motel because it said you had booked it before, like before you got there. So I'm curious as to like what it looked like online. And if it, if it was just like fully false advertising or, or what, that's, ugh, I, I hate that. I hate sleeping in hotels anyway. I just think it's like gross. Even the nicest and cleanest hotels, like it's just like other people have slept in this bed. Like that's not, that's just like not a cute look. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. I was 12 years old and I was about to turn 13 and my parents surprised me with a trip to California for my birthday. I was literally ecstatic because I have a summer birthday. So I never really get to do anything super exciting because I was never near my friends. So the trip comes up and what I thought was going to be a glamorous trip to Hollywood turned into a camping trip in Northern California. I'm really not much of an outdoorsy gal, so I wasn't super excited to begin with, but I thought there could be worse things for sure. So basically we fly into Sacramento to meet my uncle and grab some camping supplies from his house and then proceeded to drive miles into the Redwood Forest for this camping trip. We get to the campsite and my dad breaks some horrific news to us. He forgot the tents and most of the other camping supplies, sleeping bags, etc. It was already late at night and we had already drove so far My parents made the decision that we would still be spending the night. So I spent the eve of my 13th birthday sleeping on a tarp on the ground with only a towel as a blanket. What made this situation much worse was that my dad had a strange and irrational fear of Bigfoot. (laughs) And we, for some reason, visited the Bigfoot Museum on our way to the campsite. So he was super on edge and forced my mom to sleep on the edge of our tarp bed. While he was safe and snug in the middle, my dad's anxiety about the mythical beast also kind of got to me too. And I didn't get much sleep that night due to the fact that I was uncomfortable, cold, and absolutely terrified for my life. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. First up, you go to your uncle's house to retrieve the camping supplies and then you just leave without all of them? How does that happen? Like I'm needing to know what went so horribly wrong there that you were unable to complete that objective I'm not judging you at all I just am like genuinely curious and also why couldn't you sleep in the car I feel like that would have solved a lot of problems they wouldn't have been comfortable but like neither was sleeping on a tarp on the ground so I don't think comfort was really necessarily priority number one here but at least you would have been like safer in the car not from Bigfoot but just from like other human beings I don't think Bigfoot's scary honestly I don't think Bigfoot like attacks people so And is that me admitting that I do believe in Bigfoot? Absolutely. It's so much more fun when you believe in things like that. You know what I mean? Of course Bigfoot exists, but I don't think he's like awful. Have we ever heard that Bigfoot's killed anyone? No, he's just kind of like there. Also, I have big feet, so I do feel like I can relate to him on some level. Um, Okay, on what should have been a simple three-hour United Airlines flight from Houston to Minneapolis turned into a nine-hour nightmare ending with a crash landing in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We were in a field. I'm 
so sorry. I feel like I just like really brushed by the fact that you were in a plane crash. You were in a literal plane crash in Wisconsin. That is so incredibly jarring. What? You've like lived through most people's biggest fear. That is insane. We were in a field and had to be bused to the airport. We landed at like three in the morning and we were given frozen cinnamon rolls as a make nice for the whole situation. Also, as if this could get any worse, there was a cat in a cage crying the whole time. I have receipts of everything except for the cat. I find myself needing those receipts. Absolutely needing them. Oh my God, that is so truly horrible. I can't believe you survived a plane crash. That's insane. I need to know more. Like, was it aggressive and was it violent? Did you like fall from the sky? Because you make it sound so casual. So I need to know so many more details. Okay. A few years ago, my mom aunt, and I decided to drive from Florida to Arizona to surprise my grandpa. We left Florida around 2 a.m. and I'm sleeping in the back of a three-row truck. A few hours in, while we're in Georgia, I feel something crawling on me. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. Okay, I lift up my foot and look down at the ground. The rental truck was full of the biggest roaches I've ever seen in my life. We went to a nearby enterprise to switch the truck and they didn't have another one. So we drove for two days in the company of tennis ball sized roaches. No, no. Tennis ball sized? That is foul. What were they on? Steroids? I've, I've never even heard of such a thing. That is truly so disgusting and so horrible. You are so incredibly brave. All right. When I was 25, after a particularly painful and brutal breakup with my boyfriend of six years, I decided I needed to run away and chose to go to Tanzania for six weeks. Wow. That is such like a bold and interesting choice of of a runaway travel destination. I feel like I would have gone maybe the Paris route or perhaps like a, a nice tropical beach destination, but... I mean, okay, that's so slight, a Tanzania slay. We love that. My mom was a little nervous about it and did a bunch of research and told me, among many other things, to never wear a crossbody purse because tr- people driving by in cars would try and snatch it and it would still be attached to me, which would not be great. That's like super niche advice. I'm sure it's appreciated, but like that is like so randomly specific. Okay. I brushed her off, like, yeah, okay, mom, it's going to be fine. Relax. Well, I get there and had maybe been there for 24 hours when I'm walking down the street wearing my crossbody purse and the next thing I know, I am flying through the air. Like all four limbs are off the ground soaring through the air. I'm dying at you specifying that all four limbs are off the ground as if you're as if your arms would ever be on the ground, <laughs> as if you were walking on all fours to begin with. Why is that so funny to me? You're like, I was walking on all fours like I usually do down the street when I'm snatched off the ground. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's so funny though. Okay. Someone on a moped had grabbed my purse and kept driving and was literally dragging me down the street on a moped. That can't be a practical way to try and and snatch someone's purse on a moped. Okay. I kid you not, the first thought I had once I hit the ground was, oh my God, my mom was right. The bad news, I had bad scrapes down my arms and on my face. Oh my God, that is brutal. The good news, they did not actually get my purse, seeing it as it was attached to my body. They eventually let go and I ended up having the time of my life in Tanzania. Well, that's amazing. I'm glad the story is a happy ending, but I'm confused as to why 
anyone would think that that would be like a practical way to rob someone by trying to snatch a purse that is literally on their body. How is that easy? Wouldn't you rather someone who has a purse that's like, I don't know, a shoulder bag? That would be so much easier to snatch. If it's attached, that's like really, that gets so aggressive and violent. And that does not sound like the easiest thing to do. That is, that's just horrible. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. So this isn't exactly a travel story, but it did happen while I was traveling abroad and it is wild. Okay. So that's feeling like a travel story to me. Background, my best friend and I started an e-commerce business that took off like crazy out of the blue. Shopify took note and did several interviews with us about how we utilize their platform, etc., because we weren't using it in quotes correctly, but it was wildly successful. One of those interviews was in Germany to meet with their Oberlo marketing and development teams, a Shopify plugin. Keep in mind, we were two complete idiots who stumbled into the idea and were as shocked as anyone when it took off. Joke was on Spotify. We gave terrible brain picking sessions because we kept saying, I don't even really know what that means. We just did it like this and it worked. So we kept doing it like that. So that's hilarious. I love that. Anyway, so we were in Berlin and we had a few days to sightsee and whatever. We wanted to go to a German nightclub because we had heard a lot about them. We picked one, but it ended up being closed that night, so we had asked our Uber driver for recommendations. He dropped us off at a club called KitKat. We got there early enough that it wasn't crowded at all, so we got right in. We had to check our phones and all personal belongings in a locker. I'm scared. Immediately, I'm scared. We started walking around and noticed it was kind of weird. There were some sexual paintings on the walls. No big deal. It's Europe. And a lot of random side rooms. Some had very specific decor. Some had really crazy geometric seating, swings, etc. The whole place was very, very dark and everything was painted black and the lights were very low. Some rooms you couldn't see much of anything at all. We went to the main dance floor. It was still pretty empty, trying to figure out what the vibe of the place was. When we found like an OBGYN chair, stirrups and all, smack in the middle of the dance floor, draped in chains. Obviously, we were catching on at this point. <laughs> we went to the bar next to the indoor swimming pool, dot, 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 at a nightclub and started chatting with the bartender. She realized we were American and wanted to chat for a bit. I finally got the guts to ask, what kind of club is this exactly? And by now, of course, we all know that it was a full-on, terrifyingly graphic sex club. And that night's theme was leather and chain. Oh, beautiful. She told us that it was still early, but within an hour or two, the club would be at capacity and there would be sex everywhere with anyone slash everyone, more or less no restrictions on behavior as long as everyone was safe, etc. I need you to picture the two of us, both in our 20s, moms from Utah, the most basic bitch one can be. That was us. I would give damn near anything to go back in time and see our faces as she was describing the scene. I also wish I could say we were brave enough to stay longer, but we left as soon as possible. We left until we couldn't breathe and then ended up going to a gay bar where they opened their hearts and arms to these two moronic sheltered Americans and made endless fun of us for accidentally trying out Kit Kat. That is hilarious. Also, what kind of sick joke was your Uber driver trying to play on you by bringing you to that club? Because he had to know. So that's kind of, that's just fucked up. That's really, that's mean. But you did get a hilarious story out of it. So that's kind of iconic. I love that for you. Thank you so much for sharing. That's honestly hilarious. All right. Last story for today's episode. We have 
First, I want to say your podcast is amazing and you are truly the funniest person I know. Thank you so much. I guess I can stop reading now. I'm kidding. My travel story happened in France. It was summer and I was with my parents and two brothers. We went canoeing, which I love, in a river there. Everything went well until we approached a big rock in the middle. At first sight, nothing special. Just some people chilling on that rock and on the little piece of beach that was nearby that rock. When we come closer, we saw those same people had particularly few clothing on their bodies. And when I say few, I mean none. They were nudists. I kid you not when I say my dad and I who were in a canoe together were flabbergasted. To make matters worse, we stumbled onto the rock and our canoe flipped. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And dear God, would I love to end my story there. But unfortunately, when we came above water, there were a few nudists who climbed down the rock to help. That's so kind of them. At least they're kind nudists. I looked at one of the nudists and thought, hmm, he looks familiar. No, (laughs) not you knowing the nudist. But I couldn't really place it. I was obviously busy trying to get out of there. Nothing against nudists, by the way. I love that they're enjoying themselves. Then summer vacation was over and I went back to school. My English teacher came up to me and said, well, how was your summer vacation? Did you have fun canoeing? So I, of course, asked, yeah, I did have fun. How did you know? Then it hit me. He was one of the nudists trying to help me and my dad, which I would like to say again was very sweet. He smiled at me as I realized and I smiled back at him and walked away. To this very day, I'm horrified. How old were you? Because mm, a male teacher approaching you after knowing that you saw him naked and then bringing up the time that you essentially saw him naked. That's, there's something kind of sinister about it, but I guess I'm willing to look past it because you seem to be willing to look past it. So we can just, we can just look past it. Also, you have no reason to be horrified because hear me out. If I was that teacher that was going in and becoming a practicing nudist in the summer in France. And then I get back to school and I see a student that had discovered that I was in fact a practicing nudist in France. I would never bring that up. I would literally never bring that up. So it's kind of strange to me that he went out of his way to attempt to jog your memory about the time that you saw him naked. Is anyone, is that like really kind of not hitting with anyone else? Like I'm I'm kind of alarmed by that. I'm scared. Okay. Anyways, thank you so much to everyone who shared stories with me. I truly appreciate it so much. I love being able to do these episodes and they are truly not possible without you guys being kind enough to write in your stories. Uh, So I really do appreciate it. Make sure that you take a picture listening to this podcast episode and send it to the podcast Instagram so you can be considered to be this week's passenger of the week. I appreciate you endlessly. Give the podcast a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, and I will chat with you next week. Bye.